Hey yo, what's going on, New York City? Six ninety nine per pound podcast presents annual, possibly the one and only holiday party this December eighth at Alumni Flushing. The address you can find out all of that if you use Google and if you're a civilized human being. But it's happening. Holiday party for six ninety nine per pound podcast with special features, drinks, music, all types of situations. You get to meet your host. You get to ask us questions. You can mingle. You can see if JK and I actually like you. Get to smell Joanne's hair. Oh, she yeah. smells righteous. <laughs> Holiday party, $6.99 per pound podcast at December 8th. Mark your calendar. Take notes. This is J. Key signing off at Alumni Flushing on Northern Boulevard. It can't get any more Asian and American in all types of situations than this. You gotta be there to experience it firsthand. Be there and be square. Uh. $6.99 per pound. Hey yo, hey yo, hey yo, hey yo, what's going on? This is uh, J Key. Once again, I know we got a lot of episodes that are piled up, you know what I mean? But our uh, sound engineer, Maestro, man, he's been traveling the world. So, you know, we haven't been banging out these episodes as often as we wanted to. But uh, they're coming, so stay tuned. Shout out to everybody watching. Like, there's like two people watching live. They got sick of us. Instagram. You know what I mean? But shout out to y'all. Um, anyways, yo, we live and direct once again, 6.99 per pound podcast. So I think my co-host Jojo has some nice and wonderful things to say. What you got to say today? Always nice and wonderful things. Um, we're so excited to record here today. It's the first time, a lot of firsts, having two guests. Mm. Yeah. Um, double combo, <laughs> double trouble. For people who can't see, they just there were a lot of high fives happening. Mm. Um, and it's our first time recording in this new space. So as JQ likes to weave in, we usually record at Great Big Story. Shout out to Great Big Story mm. and my coworkers. Shout out to very uh, Shout out to the Warner Money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Um, but today we're recording at Canal Street Market, which mm. is for people who don't live in New York City. It's kind of the hot spot of the moment right now. It's like a food hall. It's a kind of a flea market vintage shop situation yeah did you say that's cr- and now yeah. a radio station which our yeah. two guests will tell us uh-huh. all about today Nah, for sure so canal street market you know for those of us that know canal street from back in the days this was like a bootleg mecca a place where there's such too much human beings that you just don't really want to walk down the street uh it's, you know they used to have a lot of like audio uh used audio shops over here jewelry stores you know what i mean but now with this cultural uh it's like i feel like this canal street market is like a culmination of culture Mm -hmm. has food options is well air conditioned you know what i mean there's no bootlegs over here everything is authentic products but shout out to the bootleggers as well you know what i mean yeah they're they're still the homies yeah yeah they're still the homies man we we rock with y'all we rock with y'all you know but all of that, man, combined, you know? So they also got like a coffee situation mm-hmm. over here. No, we're like cracked out on Boba Guys right now and other yeah. things. But I have a question. So Canal Street, you know the song ASAP Rocky? Yo. Is that I, I do. I don't know who ASAP Rocky is. Is that based on this 
streets? Nah, I don't know. I don't know. Canal Street, you know, was, it's based on a I lot mean, of different things. Okay. The uh, the thing I heard is that he recorded like next door. Oh. Like right. Popular Jewelry's next door. It's ASAP shot a video recently, right. like oh, literally yes. next door. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the homies like Joey Badass, like uh, go. I don't know how she became the like Don of Jewelry mm-hmm. right. the block, but That's she the, has. Yeah. And I, hey, she's doing her thing. She's literally like three doors down. And yeah. I think Rocky made her popular, but I'm not sure. Yeah. And she, he recorded, I believe, upstairs. Wow. Right. Um, yeah. There's a studio there somewhere. Right. It's so um, funny. Great Big Story yeah. was just shooting there for mm. a story to cover her. Oh, really? Her name yeah. is Ava, yeah. right? Ava. Yeah. Ava. Yeah. Ava. So they literally, Ava. like, last month, yeah, she's ASAP Ava. Mm-hmm. And she did a uh, a video shoot for Rocky, like, there's a trailer and everything. Like, right. forgot what day it was. Like, last I felt, month sometime. I felt like some of the uh, listeners were some of the, like, the three viewers that are oh, watching hey. live from Instagram. Just for reference, we're looking IG at these TV bags right now. right now. It is like, yo, we're <laughs> in the back of like a little uh, bootleg situation. No, they're all real. Nah, these are real. This old is it handmade, right? Yeah. They were saying they were handmade. True story. The older Chinese man in Staten Island is one of our vendors and he hand makes them mm. in Staten Island. Wow. Nah, so there's a little story behind that. Yeah, these know? are handmade from Staten Island, he's, man. I don't know how. I want If I had guess the age, he's like 80 years old. Say what? Swear to God. Mm. You know what I mean? And I don't know where they get the cows from. I don't think they're in Staten Island. But, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> they, get, they get these handmade no. in Staten Island. But anyways, um, <laughs> I think before we go on, I feel like we need to introduce the special guests that we have here. Yes. So as I said before, we have two special guests today mm. who graciously invited us to this venue. High five again. Um, so I would love to introduce our first guest, Sarah Nguyen. She is a filmmaker, director, and a writer, award-winning um, and she runs multiple enterprises, a couple of them being One Ounce Gold, which is her own production company, and also a Vietnamese restaurant that's been covered by New York Times and Vice and Time Out, Lucy's Vietnamese Kitchen. What's it called again? Lucy's Vietnamese Lucy's Kitchen. Lucy's Vietnamese Kitchen. Y'all, 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 need to, y'all need to check that out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But Where is it at? It's in Brooklyn, correct? Yeah, yeah. Bushwick. Bushwick. Specifically Bushwick. Specifically. <laughs> Lucy's Vietnamese Kitchen in Bushwick. Yep. Make sure you write that righteous Yelp with you. Yes. yes. Okay. Um, okay. But thank you so much for being on the show. True Renaissance Women. Thanks for having me. Of course. Yeah. Um, and it's going to tie into our topic today, which mm-hmm. is all going to be about polymass and the rise of the slash generation, which leads me to our next guest. Yep. You want to introduce Ryan Jakey? Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm just going to say what I know about Ryan. <laughs> I met Ryan when I was a shorty, 18 yeah. years old, coming up in the game, trying to get like some cheap clothes. I went to a Mighty Healthy sample sale. Mighty Healthy was uh, at one point a oh, very active a- streetwear brand oh. based in New York City. Shout out to Ray. Um, so yeah, I met Ryan through that camp and um, he probably thought I was like, yo, who is this guy? You know what I mean? Trying no, to speak the thumb language. When they be and then like a few years later, I bumped into Ryan in a different situation. Like he was working on films and commercials and music videos. Uh, he was working with uh, prominent filmmaker music video director named Rick Cordero you know what I mean um, who was the artist that he was rocking with heavily from Toronto the uh, oh D-Pride yeah D-Pride yeah, he goes by Pride now yeah Pride a, I tour managed him for a minute yeah, that's a yeah, whole other thing yeah, on my resume, so he, <laughs> he was doing the music thing and then like right. maybe two years later after that I was like putting out a film Bad Rap and he came through the uh, um, the Tribeca premiere uh, party 
And then that at that party, me and my boy Knock got so fucking wasted. Oh man. Got into beef with like six random dudes. That's a whole nother story. Got our ass fucking whooped on Fifth Avenue and 33rd oh, Street. My and Ryan and um shout out to the homie Jason Insight. <laughs> they saw us. And then Save. by the time they came through to try to save us, we were already asked out. You know what I mean? Yeah, he tried to save him. I was like, yeah. oh shit. It was just, and it was but like, then you kinda, like but you yeah, watched like we got it ambushed and then and then like a year later I come through and then Ryan's over here, man, overseeing Canal Street Market. It's true. He's the main organizer, the creative director. Um, yeah, director of operations. Director part, of yes. operations, you know, at this uh, established, righteous, illustrious venue in the heart of Chinatown. So yeah, that's my that's my own in- intel on Ryan. Is, is everything yeah. like correct? That's it's all actually right. I remember. <laughs> I, from I think I first time I met you was in Nike Town for some reason. With that's R.I.P. in Midtown. I don't know. This is yeah, my recollection. And I think you were like interning somewhere, like I was complex or something. Complex, yeah. yeah. And then I was like, "Who's this young kid?" Like, okay, cool. Like I'm. I was like, you know, like maybe scrappy I, young like, kid. Film and all that was. Oh, I'll right. get to it later. But film was never on my radar. Back right. Then, so yeah, that was like eleven yeah, years. Yeah, that was ago. early. So yeah, like those are. I was like, doing a whole nother slash before mm-hmm. that. Right, right, so right. I'll get into that when you're ready. But. Yeah. So we're like a bunch of slash people here. <laughs> yeah. Slash movies. <laughs> Slashing. <laughs> so for people who are confused, we're not, you know, literally slashing. <laughs> um, <laughs> nah. Anyway, well, I slash on the Thanks side, but that's yeah, exactly. Um, but slash is something I feel like I hear the most in New York. It's always I'm a filmmaker slash entrepreneur slash blank, right? right? And it's been really curious to see how there's this rise of the slash generation where mm. it's acceptable and actually celebrated mm-hmm. to have a lot of interests. Whereas when I was growing up personally, my Asian parents were very much forcing me to specialize in something, mm-hmm. like be the best at one thing, because jack of all trades, you're a king of none. Right. Apparently there's a Chinese saying that says, um, Equipped with knives all over, yet none is sharp. Mm-hmm. So it's it's Say very much. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> nah, equipped nah, nah, with nah, knives so all over, yet none is sharp. This kind of relates to slash, right? Um, Sounds like something out of a fortune cookie. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> okay. we're staying in the theme here. Uh, okay. But I'll bring this up to say that I think a lot of our listeners would be interested to know what it's actually like to be in this slash kind of zone, right? Mm-hmm. Now that polymaths are kind of gaining a lot more recognition, like if you really look at like Elon Musk, for example, he's a polymath, mm-hmm. you know? You, if you look at Steve Jobs, he was a polymath, you know? Maybe they weren't really, really at top of their class in one thing, but they were kind of like the top 25% in multiple things. And they mm-hmm. kind of made that into like an enterprise, right? Mm. And I think JK and Ryan and Sarah and everybody that's sitting here knows what it's like to experience it. Yeah. So I really wanted to kind of hone in on this topic of like, how you do you even get started, even, you know, gain the courage to venture and do something else mm-hmm. and right. kind of go mm-hmm. against the norm of what you're told of like, you have to do one thing, you have to have one job. And, you know, how did you navigate? What were your obstacles and how did you find success? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I wanted to focus on today. Is this resonating with you at all, Jakey? Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> enough about me, more yeah. about y'all. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk to Sarah and Ryan. Yeah, well, thanks for that um, that intro, Jojo. Yeah, and I just want to start by saying that I feel like up until very recently, like maybe like last few years recently, I feel like this whole jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none existence of mine that I've 
pretty much been embracing since I was in high school has always been a very tormenting process, right? Mm-hmm. I, I used to really beat myself up over being like this quote-unquote renaissance person, this quote-unquote jack-of-all-trades. And because like conventionally that type of being wasn't ex- wasn't celebrated mm-hmm. right and if anything it was like oh you're a master of none that's a very negative connotation so even though I would beat myself up over like oh shit like I'm not focused quote-unquote focused I'm not specialized quote-unquote specialized I was like but at the same time I couldn't just I couldn't help myself but follow this pathway of multiple explorations at different times creatively professionally right and now I'm super stoked because like it's been enough time now (laughs) with the internet and social media and even just the way our workforce and economy has evolved where it's like the polymath and the renaissance person is not just celebrated but really um, rewarded and looked and um, supported in our society now because I was reading this article that I shared with you earlier like how in the past I think a lot of the traditional um, notions around pick one career path also fit into society when it was a very like um, gig based I'm sorry, not gig based economy it was a um, what was it say like a like a, like a very specialized. like in, mm-hmm. a specialized industry mm-hmm. um, whereas now it's all about like the knowledge economy mm-hmm. and it's about how much you know and how multifaceted you can be and how many skills you can bring to the table whether it's at a company or in your own like startup right mm-hmm. so now I'm like fuck yeah I'm on, I'm on polymath like <laughs> finally like my way of being is being celebrated and I don't feel bad about it anymore right yeah, yeah. for sure how about mm-hmm. you Ryan uh I feel like I got thrown into it. Mm-hmm. So basically that means I, you know, I got out of college, accounting degree. I figure out, oh, it's a fallback. Yeah. That's the, the uh, oh, my cousins do that too. Fallback <laughs> job, mm-hmm. like guarantee yourself a, a future in a sense. Never used it, never went into it, never worked corporate basically, like all my life. So out of college, it was like real estate, family biz, like ground up stuff, like building in Queens. That's what I did when I kind of met Jay Key. Like when I was rolling with Mighty Healthy, that was just a friend I was just supporting, just helping them get off the ground. That was like 2006. Um, so during that time, like the five years I've been building homes all over Queens from Far Rockaway to College Point, Flushing, basically like Woodside, that's like my real background. Mm-hmm. So for a solid 10 years, I did that, crashed with the market, like mm. learned a whole lot, like really crashed. Like I was in Bayside, lived there. I was like depressed, sad, didn't know what to do. Uh, so by, then by to crash with the market, crash when, with the market. When, when the market crashed in the oh eight, you had bad properties. Whole, everything that you were doing just wasn't just basically really going. out the door. Like mm. maybe very little. Not I, I know people that lost a lot more. I know people that like killed themselves. Like not personally, but like stories, mm-hmm. builders, construction, like concrete people that just like you know the banking industry corrupted it. I was kind of the problem too, but it was what was the norm. And no one knew it was going to hit rock bottom like that. So then when you get the bad properties, that was a time for other people to come up to buy those bad properties. Mm-hmm. And then those people are killing it now. So that's a whole nother world of mine in my, in right. my beginnings of like after college career. So after that uh, was my next slash, which was the film industry. My friend Rick was like, yo, just roll with me. I know you know a lot of people. I've never went to film school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so six years solid, just rolling with Rick, freelance, grinding, like, record label stuff like the d pride thing then we would roll with like action bronson we would do joey back all these early artists that are killing it now we were like the beginning of them right and little little like side sidebars that 
Rick's coming tomorrow, staying with me. Right. We're gonna do action Bronson run and gun shoot, which is like the old days, which I'm like wow. dying to do on Saturday. Yo, so I was so this Saturday is like action yeah. for this event that I'm doing on the twentieth. Okay. And then his team hit me with twenty five K for an appearance. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yo, I There can't, was times he I would just go, he was I, I remember outside I of do uh, that. in Flushing, he had a show. Damn, where the hell was that? Nah, he was, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, this and was, he was back in the day, though. Shorts right? and just a leather yeah. jacket. He said, like, I'm just going to fuck it. I'm going to perform outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that a, I, wow. I love the kid. He's from Queens and Flushing. And mm. it's yeah. just like, those are the artists, like Joey's from Brooklyn. These are yeah. like true artists we're proud of to like yeah, be a part sure. of. Mm. Um, but anyway, I, I, I don't know. I just figured out how to do film with yeah. him. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, just so like to the people like that are listening, it's always like you kind of deal with your cards. Mm -hmm. And you kind of like, for me at least, it just, I figured it out. I don't mm -hmm. know. All the all the people, like I never like use anyone. It's more like knowing people's capabilities, limitations. That's yeah. what made me a producer. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and then after Rick moved to, like fast forward to two years ago, Rick went to Michigan because he just was over New York. Then my friend Phil, who was actually managing D Pride at one point, was like, hey, I know your work ethic. I know what you're about. Like, you want to work with me? Let's see what you can do. And then I was managing the building that we're in, basically. And then he was like, I got this cool project. What if you, what do you think? And it's like, let's do it. Like, so we just can't, he has, he's like the landlord of property slash like the, the main brain behind the idea of the Canal Street Market. And that's where we became the home. And then I was always pushing him about the podcast room, and that's where we're here now. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so this used to be an art portal where yeah. artists would come in, which we love. We had so many artists come through here, maybe like 50 mm -hmm. or 60, just do their craft. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, we need a change. Let's try. We're a little late to the game, but let's try it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, no one's doing it publicly. And that was the whole, like, my thought process behind right. doing this and having mm -hmm. you guys here and uh, building a community. And that goes back to our roots of why we built the space. Right. And yeah. I feel like people feel that when they come in. Yeah. yeah. And being born and raised in New York, people that come in feel a little bit of that New York vibe. You know, like the streets, there's still streets kind of like over there. Mm -hmm. But they come in, they don't feel forced. Like we're not forcing things down their throat. Yeah. Like we're not right. over branding. We're not like paying PR. We're not. Right. We're just doing what we think is cool. And like people come through the doors and hopefully like it. If they don't, it's, it's you know, it's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, you... And that's the way we've been kind of doing our thing. Yeah, yeah. man. So, yeah. yo, shout out to everybody that listening and make sure that you uh come and visit canal street market man totally. you know what i'm saying Yo, thanks to ryan and phil to... for yeah. letting us rock over here seriously and can you go into more of that purpose again for people sure. who may not be familiar of kind of like the gentrification that's happening right now yeah. um who is phil and you know how did this all come together a little bit sure well phil phil chong jr he's mm -hmm. um He's been doing real estate for since I've known him pretty much. It's it's a family business as well, so I kind of knew that route and how it goes. Um, he needed a solid person with, I, you know, he didn't ask me for right. He just knew my background somewhat loosely, right? So Phil, uh, you know, he manages the building and and does a few other buildings in in the neighborhood and is very dear to Chinatown because it's kind of he loosely grew up here in Jersey. So it's something he's just passionate about to try to change the face of Canal because he was tired of just kind of seeing the same old. And there was opportunity to change the face, especially where in the border of Soho, it's like, mm -hmm. it's, it's hard to do that towards Mott because that's kind of like going to stay that way for a while, I feel. And I hope it stays that and way. And I hope so as well. Yeah. Hope that's why we try to not like shit on the neighbors. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we only had Namwa, I was like our only neighbor to give us that like stamp of approval. 
and they're all friends and you know like trying to like keep that culture but not undercut the businesses around us For not sure. try to do chinese food too or mm -hmm. another like char siu it's just like mm -hmm. you can't you keep that as that mm -hmm. and then we do our thing right and just hopefully they respect that yeah you know I giving mean, options to the office workers that might not want that option of food right um and then developing a retail side that's just a little bit more homegrown a little bit not so in your face and not just a, a, a best buy or something yeah, mm -hmm. like paris baguette could have been in here right right if no, I, if there was talks that of that but we'd rather have something that's ours no nah. because why not develop you know, I'm not mad at that. Like, that doesn't really distract our coffee business. That doesn't distract right. our pastries or whatever. We have our clientele. They have their clientele. There's a more than enough to go around. And that's what I feel like Canal should be. Um, if you go down the block, like these other folks are doing some more storefronts now like right. to help drive. So I'm like, yeah, I embrace it now. I've been a, a bitter New Yorker too long to, mm. to be a hater. Like, I grew up as that. Like, mm -hmm. I'm sure Jakey probably had the same kind of like, damn, I could do better. That makes us grow to do better, though. Mm -hmm. And then you become like that open arm of like, yo, you know what? How do we work together? Right. Yeah, well, I really like what you mentioned you of know? like, just now like, oh, there's more than enough to go around. Like, just that mindset of operating from abundance rather than scarcity, because mm -hmm. scarcity leads to like competition Ooh. and undercutting yeah. and just yeah. like negative, negative energy circulating our communities. But when we operate from abundance, like there's plenty to go around. Let's support each other. Let's grow together. I think that's just always yeah. a healthier ecosystem yeah it's no like, matter where you are yeah it's like rising tides raise all boats right mm -hmm. yeah it's a yeah. lot of intellectual bars being dropped here you know what i'm saying that's the purpose of today oh. we're, we're trying to make a track yeah yeah i can see that i, I feel the energy you so yo joe you I, I feel like you got the questions on deckington I think, um, I think he's they're ready, at my man. Notes. I think Sarah and Ryan is ready to talk. Um, yeah, I mean, we, again, we kind of laid out uh, to the floor of what a polymath actually means, mm. what the slash generation means. And you too, JK, you can totally, mm. you know, pitch in um, about your experience. But how, for someone who maybe is stuck at a nine to five or a college kid who's, this is like a whole new thing to them. Like, mm -hmm. wait, what? I can have multiple jobs? Mm -hmm. What kind of advice do you have in like getting started? Like, mm -hmm. how did you get started and had that realization? Mm -hmm. I know it was super natural to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. you know, like, it, do you have any practical advice on like, how do you even start? Yeah, thanks. That's a great question. And I think I would start by saying that, like, I would just encourage folks to embrace this idea of being a polymath or of like a slash slash person as like, um, like me, more of like an attitude and way of being rather than like a professional breakdown, because I want folks to do thrive in traditional nine to fives to also feel like they can be slash slash in a polymath as well in the way they want to approach learning right like say you say you love your nine to five and that's the environment that you thrive in that's totally cool like i that's not for me and i don't want to ever be like well everyone should be an entrepreneur because no we need people in all places doing their thing and i i would just encourage you more of like even if whether you're in a nine to five whether you're like the type of person who's very very specialized like you love one thing for the rest of your life or you're more like me who who's more of like a, like a renaissance person who loves many things, I would just like say, keep an open mind to constantly, constantly learn, right? No matter where you're operating or what you're doing, like learn about other cultures, learn about other skill sets, pick up a new tool, pick up a book you haven't read, learn about another person's biography, learn about a new neighborhood. Like I think for me, that's like the most important piece of the polymath 
um, part of like, um, I mean, I think traditionally they would define being a polymath as someone who has like an expertise in three diverse domains, but I would just push that definition a little bit and just be like someone who just loves to learn in many different domains, right? Um, and like you mentioned folks like Steve Jobs earlier or even like Elon Musk, or even like a Jay-Z, like those folks are all like polymaths in their being because they learn and dabble in many places but like on the public facing end we know them as like one thing right like we still think of Jay-Z as a rapper first and foremost we still think of Steve Jobs as Apple first and foremost but their way of being the way they connect with other people in other industries the way they partner up and invest the way they build their like that's just like their way of being was I want to learn I want to expand um even if you have one anchor which could be rap music which could be Apple computers, right? Um, so that's the first piece that I would share of just like the the mindset really of just learning. So mm-hmm. then I would pass it to Ryan before I keep going. <laughs> I have more to say, of course, but right. what do you think, Ryan? Hmm. For the young listeners, <laughs> let's see. It's a different world for them though right now. So I feel like they should learn from experience as much as they can, whether it's an intern for situation. If they really are passionate about it, earn that, earn that passion, earn that like that thing. You know what I mean? Like I earned my my stripes in film by just doing the damn thing. Yeah. Like no one showed me what to do. There's schools for that. Right. But I just kind of like adapted myself to that. And it's not for everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so did you ever have doubts though, when you were in it or were you so in that learning process? There it was, was always, uh, it's not about doubts. It's more of like, figure it out. So it's like, you might be tossed like, Hey, shoot, I need to rain right now. And there's no hose. How do we do that? So I'll, I made it happen. You just you figure out, I, I went to my construction background, grabbed a pump and like popped it and put it in a pipe and made it rain on, this, on a first certain scene. You made it scene. rain? Can you make it rain right now? Yeah, I know. no, I don't have any money. <laughs> you make it rain right now? I know, Jake, sponsor broke. us. <laughs> but um, there's always like, it's really about your passion. Sometimes your passion could come into money, but if you're just passionate about it, just do it. And if mm-hmm. it comes money, then it becomes money. So like, don't ever like think you're going to do this for money. If you do it for money, then it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. If you do it because you're passionate about it and you're like, hey, I want a DJ because I want a DJ, then maybe it'll make you money. You know, maybe you really just suck as a DJ though. But it- <laughs> nah, so like sometimes there's like a you, lot of DJs, DJs that need to, to stop DJing, man. Yeah, you have stop to tell- Stop polluting s- the airwaves, yo. <laughs> stop it, man. <laughs> I want to build off of what Ryan's saying right now about passion. I think that's another like piece of advice for folks listening. Like for me, passion has always been a really strong anchor for everything I'm navigating, whether that's I'm shifting gears because I've done slash slash many things, right? And the way I approach it is just like when I start to feel um, discontent in whatever situation I'm in or when I feel like I'm not being challenged or I'm not learning as, as much and I'm not growing, that's when I start to, and I always address that, right? So I, th- I know folks who, they're unhappy for like five, 10 years, right? But they don't do anything about it. And so for me, it's about like, whether you're in a nine to five or you're an entrepreneur, if you feel discontent in some way, you gotta do something about that. And you gotta kind of like do whatever you need to do to feel your purpose, whether that's quitting your job and taking a leap or whether that's taking a night class in like fashion design, right? And I think for me, just like when you feel passion or you feel lack of passion, finding a place to like, engage in that passion for me is how I ended up doing all these slash slash things I was like I love this and I love this and I love this and I'm passionate about this or I'm feeling bored right now I don't want to be passionate about this and every time I felt that I just pursued it and I evolved and that's how I ended up with all these slashes right yeah I mean as somebody who kind of do some things that are in a similar manner mm-hmm. I could relate with you mm-hmm. but for people that 
isn't wired the same way. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying what is right or wrong. I'm right. just saying differently, yes. right? They perceive uh, their approach to life differently, right? Mm -hmm. It could annoy somebody. What do, you mean? what do you mean? It could annoy people, right? So for instance, like, I got my hands on a multiple things, right? Mm -hmm. So for my friends that I'm working with on perhaps like my main nine to five, mm -hmm. they're like, oh, like the time that you're spending doing the nine to five, um, you could have, I mean, the time that you're doing your extracurricular activity, you could have utilized for your nine to five. Mm -hmm. And for my peoples that are like holding me down in my extracurricular activities, mm -hmm. they're like, yo, like, I know you're busy with your nine to five, but when are you going to come back to the extracurricular mm -hmm. activities? Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So like, I mean, I'm facing that now and I'm mm. sure like you face that as well. I don't face that. You don't face that no. at all. So you yeah. just got no. great partners that just understand you. Um, well, so when you describe a situation, what that sounds like to me is um, miscommunication and expectations. Right. Right. And I think, Georgia, we were talking about this actually before we went yeah, on the air. Where totally. You were saying like, where does say this project, 699 per pound, where does this fall in everybody's rank? Right. And I think um, because also and if, if anybody tried to come at me that way, I don't like that because I don't like when people project their expectations onto me. I'm mm. like, if you, I'm like, don't tell me that I'm not spending enough time here, right? But then if there's a question of lack of performance, that's another thing, right? So I don't right. really know what's happening. But I think in general, it seems, it sounds like maybe there's um, a miscommunication in your expectations or their expectations. So maybe you just gotta let them know like, hey, um, I, I, my to-do list was all of this for the week. I nailed it. So you can't really hold it against me. Mm. Or if it's like, hey, if they're like, J Jakey, you said you can do all this and you only did A and B, then that's kind of on you, right? But in right. general, um, I think it comes down to like communicating expectations and that's something that I do pretty right. pretty clearly with folks in my right. life yeah yeah right. and i'm sure that comes with experience as well you know and i yeah. i think that's you know i i totally i mean we are literally going through this right now and to be completely oh, yeah. yeah no completely being transparent on this podcast like yeah. i i have i'm very different from jakey if you're going right. to talk about someone who's like oh someone who's not inherently wired that way right right i am not wired that mm -hmm. way and mm -hmm. i'm not sure if you guys noticed but we're very different he, he, i haven't noticed you. no tell me more <laughs> love <laughs> you <laughs> jakey jakey's hair shorter i know it's way shorter <laughs> but we both have amazing hair got it, got it. yeah yeah um but i was someone who um had a lot of expectations onto me as a child. I'm sure mm -hmm. a lot of us have mm -hmm. in that, you know, you, we gave up everything for you. So you mm -hmm. have to like provide for us and, mm -hmm. and being surrounded by, you know, homogenous people, mm -hmm. you have, I need to make this amount of money. Like I, I'm responsible for a lot more people. Right. And I think doing that kind of prevented me from, um, pursuing more creative things and that like when I would make decisions on what kind of job I, I want, want to do you know right now I'm in a very strategic business role at a creative company and mm -hmm. that was my way of kind of reconciling and like trying to be a polymath but in like a setting that still felt safe to me and that I'm still making this money I can still climb this corporate ladder and become this person mm -hmm. but I still can kind of feel fulfilled creatively. But this is going off a little bit off topic, but I think in terms of just like expectations and communications, I think I learned a lot in terms of like learning when to talk about something like professionally versus personally, right? Because for me, if you're not putting what I am perceiving the similar amount of effort, I take that right. personally. Mm -hmm. And that like, oh, you don't respect my time. You mm -hmm. don't respect my effort versus it's literally them and they're figuring it out also. Can I ask you a question right? about yeah. your process? No, absolutely. So before you reach that, that mm -hmm. place, right, do you have a conversation with your collaborators of like, 
um, expectations and deadlines. Mm-hmm. Do you? Yeah. You do? Okay. All right. I mean, yeah. do you think we did? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> oh, you're talking about Jakey. I think, I think about everything, everything is going well. I mean, I he's talking about me. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but, I think this is a counseling session. No. Nah, <laughs> I think everything is going well. Yeah. Nah, but, you know, as somebody who has done many different projects and usually my process has always been just taking it to the finish line mm-hmm. but during that process to the finish line mm-hmm. is not always sweet got it got you know? it got it got and it. it's like some people are gonna get mad at you right some people are gonna like like gonna be cool with you right and it's just mm-hmm. part of the process for me but at, at the end of the day from my experience as long as you cross the finish line mm-hmm. and everybody's happy mm-hmm. with the result mm-hmm. that's it yeah so are you guys into astrology Yes. No, nah, not really. I'm a Libra. Okay, so I'm super into astrology. Yay, Jojo. So I'm a Virgo, and I'm like you're a pretty, such a Virgo. Yeah, so you could tell, right? So for me, one of the characteristics of being a Virgo is that me, I, me and Ryan, we just made eye contact. Well, like, wait, what's going on? My brother's a Virgo, but I don't know what that means. What does that such mean? A Virgo. So I'm an over planner. I plan, I plan, okay. I plan. I love having deadlines. I love communicating. I love communicating deadlines, objectives, goals, quantifiable objectives, intentions, expectations, all of that. And so I love meeting, the, um, I, I love the finish line as well. And that's why I don't really have the issue with my partner because I always hit the finish line, but I always make it clear the finish line, every step before the finish line, like deliverables and deadlines. Right. And yeah, so for me, communication is a really big deal, but it's also probably a Virgo thing. Yeah. Right. But I, it's I'm also a, Virgo season. What, Shout what? out to all my Virgo. Okay, so it's right now it's Virgo season? Yeah. Uh, it's Virgo season right true. now. Yeah. And then so, it's Libra <laughs> season. What, what am I? Like, I'm a, I, I'm a Pisces where oh, Aries. Oh, you're going with the flow. You're oh, my God. Wait, hold up. So this makes so much sense. So I'm a, I'm a Mar- I was born in March 23rd. So is, am I a Pisces or am I Aries? I'm looking it up right now. If you say you're a Pisces, then you're a water sign. What is Aries? You go with the flow. Aries, an air sign. So you're kind of like, whoa, where am I? You are. So I'm a culmination you are, of Wait, March 23rd? Yeah. You're an Aries. You're an Aries. So you're kind of like, yeah, you're kind of like airy flowing. So Virgo's an earth sign. So I'm, we're down to earth. That's where we're like okay. down to the ground. Yeah. Mm, okay. Mm, mm, All right. Mm. All right. Cool. <laughs> what are you, Ryan? I'm a Libra. You're, Libra? I'm like at the end you're of a Libra? I'm a oh, Libra yeah, too. You're such a Libra because you're very balanced. I'm like at the end of it. So he's like, oh, you have Scorpion tendency. Oh, like, I, oh, oh, I see that. That right, 100% cool. makes sense. Shout out to Drake, I guess. That's you. No, but Scorpios are very intense. Wait, hold up. So wait, what is what is Aries again? Like Aries are crazy. What does that mean? So I'm like always in the cloud? Yeah, you're airhead. <laughs> yeah. I'm an airhead? That's <laughs> a word. Not, I mean, you're not an airhead, but like you girl, go with the flow too. You're, yeah. you're you know, because you, you stress several times. As long as we oh get to God. the finish line, I'm happy, right? And right. I stress deliverables, deadlines, in between, objectives, intentions, quantifiable objectives, and then and then the finish right. line, right? Um, I'm, but yeah, I think. And they're usually kind know. of heartless a little bit. I'm heartless? Yeah, Aries Damn. people are heartless. Damn, yeah. I'm heartless, yeah. So you are good-hearted, but you can be a little bossy. Uh-huh, that is right, bossy. <laughs> I did not write this. What's your sign, Jojo? <laughs> I'm a Libra, so I'm oh, like yeah, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Ryan. Yeah, you're very balanced. Let's yeah, very balanced. balanced. Damn, so We're I charming. Sound like a dick. <laughs> I'm like I'm like nice but I'm a fucking asshole See, at like, the same time for example if an- but look at your smirk right now you're so proud of it as you're saying you're like, you're like I'm a dick yeah, yeah I love I'm it I'm so proud to be a dick damn I'm not confused look at you you're yo. like cheesing right now but like, I'm gonna I, I look love, at our compatibility like, I fucking later. love writing emails and like plan shit out too you know what I'm saying where so. are the emails <laughs> how his emails Georgia? oh there we go we have one next Georgia how is emails where are the she emails she just said where's I think my emails are pretty 
pretty brolic. I think Marcus Young could attest. My emails are pretty brolic, right? Yeah. Marcus, really? Really? Yeah, Marcus, like, what's your sign? Really. Look at me in the eye. A Capricorn. A Capricorn. Mm. What? What? Is that an earth, air, water? I don't know. That's fine. I, I mean, I think this Jojo is an astrology. That's it. Where are your emails? Yeah, where are your emails? Hashtag. <laughs> What's going on? It's like Miss Cleo. Miss Cleo is out here. Trying to figure this out. Okay, well, let me... But Okay, so, so what are kids, some... do not go by your signs strictly. No, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Shit is biased, yo. It's just not biased. I mean, it's just the it's stars and the universe. It's truth. Exactly. It's science. Yo, if your HR manager goes like, yo, what's your sign? And start judging you? Yo, yeah. nah, nah. I judge everybody by their sign. Really? No. Yes. Absolutely. Damn. Damn. I like to, well, I don't necessarily judge, but I like to know their sign because it helps me understand them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So is that some like love language type of thing too? Mm-hmm. It's like you kind of figure kinda. out. Kind of. Yeah, like, yeah. But then kinda, a there's bit. also a moon sign plot twist. Whoa. Yeah. So nah, I'm a Libra deep. Taurus. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like. I'm a Virgo Virgo. You're a Virgo I just, Virgo I just look at it like, I right, like. I just kind of navigate their style, and yeah, then I'm yeah. like, all right, I, I kind of feel like this is the type of person that this person is. Yeah. And then I either bang with them or yeah. like be like, all right, Can it you, is what yeah. it is. <laughs> cool. You know what I mean? Well, well, I think this is a great segue into the obstacle portion of uh-huh. being Talk a slasher, right? Right, slasher. right. <laughs> but in, in that, like, yeah, like maybe if you have friends who are not necessarily understanding of mm-hmm. your lifestyle or like, how do you even balance, you know, yeah. work life? Because we have another polymath on the podcast, Chelsea White, who's a producer at MTV. And I remember her and Jakey bonded over the fact that, like, sometimes I just wish I was an analyst because I can go home and mm-hmm. go to sleep knowing that the work was done. Mm-hmm. But when you're a polymath and you have multiple projects, the work is never done. Right. So how do you balance? Speaking of Libras. Mm. <laughs> When Ryan, you're, you want to go first? How do you balance all the multitasking and yes. all that? Um, hmm. That's the. I was gonna say that before for the last question. It's kind of hard to. Uh, sometimes not enough time in a day. Yeah. yeah. For I someone like me, time. you know, right. that's the problem that I run into. And how do you like, prioritize too? It's really what's what's urgency. Yeah. You kind of like gotta think about this. Really needs to be done more. Like so. Like uh, I'll take it back to the film industry. Um, that was my first and foremost. Right when they start. When a label started throwing things that the artist wanted or whatever, I have to like shut it down or make the best judgment. Mm-hmm. And that's where the Libra comes in. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, well, he doesn't like the BMW M4. You got to get him yeah. a six series. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? They just called me like right now to figure that out. And then you, f- but you figure out. And somehow it would figure itself out and still get the client happy. So it's a medium. So it's a balance part that makes me that happy medium. So in your own life, you apply, I apply that to my own life. So it's like a happy medium of the amount of work that you put to the one thing so that you could do the other thing. Mm-hmm. So like I'll have to like run the market, but then I'll have to go DJ or something. And priorities, that time it becomes a scheduling thing. So it's like you have to DJ these hours. There's no like, yeah, I'm going to DJ later. Like, you know what I'm saying? That can right. sound like the club owner restaurant or like I'm going to change your schedule. Mm-hmm. So. So that's when like I'll be editing the podcast that I'm working on and that has to be done at a certain time. So I'll bust down and just do that. Yeah. Even if I have other people bothering me, like I'll be like fixing the market or something happens, like the air goes off, I have to figure it out. So that's priority right now. And then I jump back. Mm-hmm. So being able to balance all of that is the, is the key that you learn as you go. So like it's first it's like okay figure out what you like to do do the side things you can you have like a lot of technology in your hands to like be able to do a lot of shit you could work mm-hmm. off your phone and be a businessman now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like if you said that to me 10 years ago i'd be like you're bugging you're crazy mm-hmm. 
Like even iPhone three, you'd be like, yeah, right. Yeah, I'm gonna answer. I'm gonna. Oh, I'm gonna be able to cut and paste. You know, you couldn't even do that back in the day off your phone. Mm-hmm. You know, like and to hustle and like to be able to text on the fly to go to your email to like Instagram and socialize like in one device. So now it's like you have the technology to do these certain crazier things and multitask, and it's a little easier, but it's also distracting. So balance again, right? Like, all right, go back to the balance. What? Try not to go on certain things then, to, so you're not distracted by the the IG story or whatever right. happens, you mm-hmm. know, for so sure. For it, sure. It, it becomes a scheduling thing plus what you think is prioritizing. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you live by your Google calendar? Uh, loose, loosely. I tend to like it alert. I put as many, like it says set alert. I set two alert. <laughs> I set sometimes day ahead alert. If it's that priority, like I have to make sure I don't miss that. Um, yeah, definitely uh, have like six calendars. Yeah. Mm-hmm like all these invites and random like somehow but i just leave it and it's just it helps me a lot you know yeah. even if like alternate side parking like that's like yeah. on my shit too wow. like you know like and then i have alexa that's and urgent. i have like siri and yeah. um, try to it's it's too much after a while but it does help you a lot like, that's one of my favorite tools yeah. the google cal yeah i love yeah. google oh, yeah. calendar good, yeah. Yeah. my shit is colorful as hell <laughs> <laughs> what color is the podcast colors. it's like so many different colors going on man but um I think the same question that you asked, I think, Sarah, you, you kind of had uh, something that you wanted to oh, add to it. Oh, yeah. Right? Well, pretty much what Ryan is saying, I really vibe with that. I think balancing and just learning how to prioritize and learning how to like identify the urgency with everything on my to-do list has really helped. And and going back to what you were saying earlier, JoJo, like, I've been, I haven't been in like a traditional nine-to-five job since 2012, right? 2018 now so i so i think practice is a really big part of it and i think in the beginning like the first few years i had zero balance right and i was always always um overwhelmed and i think just being in this like space and this like lifestyle this slash slash like way of life has really helped me um learn and just through experience like what's going to be good for like my professional health but also like my mental health you know mm-hmm. like learn how to balance and then just like tools like google calendar is really helpful um another thing i want to mention real quickly is that like i'm learning now that as i have like many projects at once that all these projects kind of have slightly different timelines so they stagger really well right so like you were reading like my linkedin profile earlier and it's a mm-hmm. lot but i don't do i don't do all of them all at once mm-hmm. if anything it kind of for me i realized it's really nice having multiple projects at once because they stagger like i'll maybe spend like like three hours editing a film project and then i'll just spend like the next few then i'll be okay i'm tired of doing this my brain's exhausted let me shift gears and go into a meeting or let me shift gears and go into like a designing session right and so i think shifting gears um from the way i'm wired works really well because it keeps my brain like really active and really excited i I can't do something for like eight hours straight Mm -hmm. and i think most people even if you're in a nine-to-five you don't do anything you don't do it eight hours straight you're just on the clock eight hours straight but you're like doing an hour of emails an hour of facebook an hour of lunch an hour of writing an hour 30 minutes smoke break exactly you know know, so Mm -hmm. i think generally no matter where you are our brains aren't really wired to do a thing like for eight hours straight it's just what we've been conditioned to think we're supposed to do so have you ever like doubted yourself like damn do i have add you ever thought about that Mm -hmm. because yo like i didn't think i didn't know the concept of add until like i was in high school but you know i'm an immigrant so like my parents would just smack me if i couldn't like (laughs) focus focus on like writing some shit yeah and then like i saw i was taking the sats and then this kid got like four or five hours to finish the reading segment 
while I'm over here in crunch time. And I'm like, why the fuck he gets to do that? And I was like, oh, he has attention deficit disorder. I was yeah. like, the fuck is that? Yeah. And you know, like, yo, like, so I was mad confused. And then mm-hmm. I started like analyzing my life of what you just said. Like, mm-hmm. yo, I can't sit still. Like, mm-hmm. I have to do this. I have to do right. that. Exactly. And then I started to like wonder, started question myself. Mm-hmm. Because also adding on to what JoJo was saying, like, we're so conditioned yep. to say that you got to be a... Uh, craftsman you got to mm-hmm. focus on one thing so you start doubting what's wrong with me yeah you know right. what i mean but then yeah. you realize it's like man i don't give a fuck what's wrong with me right. i'm good you know exactly so you start navigating and then you start once once those accomplishments start like clocking in your resume and your portfolio mm-hmm. that's when people start realizing yeah, so and like, recognizing exactly. you know what i mean yeah so that like you're saying like the clocking in with all the accomplishments that goes back to just years of experience it makes you more comfortable with the workflow but it also makes you more confident because you've like done a few things now you have some things under your belt and i think all of that so i think time and practice so no matter what you're doing whether it's slash slash or nine to five i think it's really putting in the time and the work to build that 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 workflow and that confidence um, really is supportive of like the whole slash slash millennial renaissance lifestyle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the first few years though, it's kind of like you're in the grunt and you're mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Because when I first left my corporate job, you know, like it wasn't like I was. What was working. your corporate job? My corporate job was working at Double XL for Christ's <laughs> sake. It wasn't even like, you know, like I was like punching numbers and like yeah. Goldman Sachs or something. But like right. even when I left that job, um, I was like kind of like yo like what's the purpose of my life mm-hmm. you know i have right. to navigate this thing by myself mm-hmm. and um i realized the first year it took me a while to like figure out what i have to focus on mm-hmm. so like i didn't have like knowledge of myself or the balance mm-hmm. of like what to do first exactly yeah. right but then like you said like i kind of prioritize what the deadline is first like for instance i'm going to china this sunday Mm-hmm. So I need to put together like four decks to show like potential business partners. Mm-hmm. So like that's my focus this week, right. even mm-hmm. though I Urgency. probably could have started a month ago. Right. But right. then I had another project that was due a month right. ago. Right. So, yeah, you know, it's like priorities mm-hmm. in urgency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But that's another thing I want to add to going off what Jakey's talking about. Um, back to your question, Jojo, about the challenges. And I think one of the challenges of being a slash slash entrepreneur is like there's just no blueprint for your success and when there isn't like a solid conventional structure you don't have like the measures of affirmation either right you don't have like a a star a A, good job for your boss a paycheck um you don't have those traditional forms of validation so i think that kind of fucks with you a little bit too so it's so that's another challenge right just learning how to navigate this slash slash entrepreneurial space and just knowing that you're not going to get the forms of validation that you've been taught to look out for Mm -hmm. right yeah. So how did you, what is the validation for you now? Mm, my mental health. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I have so many projects that I'm constantly, constantly excited about. And I mean, there are a few forms of validation. I think for the, the first thing is my mental health. I feel like if I can be in a good state of mind, in a good mental space, then I'm happy, right? And mm-hmm. if I'm happy, I feel successful, right? And then the next, I think the next like form of validation is like, is my work impacting people, right? Is there feedback, right? So whether it's with restaurant, is whether it's with the restaurant or with my film or media work, like, am I getting feedback from people? Are they enjoying the food? Are they enjoying my work? Are they enjoying my interviews? Are they enjoying my films? Like that impact is um, also important. So I guess we're summarize it as the two forms of validation. I want internal, which is my mental health and my happiness and the external, which is like, oh, what's the feedback like? Are people enjoying it? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about yourself, Ryan? 
what uh depends on what it is i guess um so let's say if, uh, i'm djing it's more of like knowing to make sure if you make one person happy with what you're actually just playing out and you're like wow that i haven't heard this in a long time that's the putting me in a certain mood that's like that for this for that thing it's one thing but running the market per se it's like if my vendors are happy and there's happy customers and there's less complaints or if we even make a feed of like um you know like oh we're we're just getting more foot traffic there's certain ways i could count this is like things that you could count for right and show results for um then the other thing would be like the community building which is our other thing so that's that's slowly organically happening and it's it's becoming our art our, our uh our message has been that from day one, and if it's still valid, that's like that's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to stay true to that, um, you know. But some things like a nine to five, I'm really like oblivious to. I never really had that lifestyle mm. ever, so it was like the complex was probably the closest thing, right? And right. it wasn't for me. It's not that I, if I gave it a shot, it might might have been. I could have probably made it make myself happy in a sense, right? Mm. You have to give yourself the expectations of what would make you happy. You you should be content. Like that's the first step. Like if you're not if you're lost, it's like find your way first. The littlest thing, you know? Like the littlest thing, like just take the best out of that. And that'll make you validate it right there. Like that'll help you find that finds that goal. So like you're not going to get it overnight. All the kids that are young, it's like, you know, you're going to feel that way. It's just like it's a bad job market. It's what it is. But you got to start somewhere. You can't right. feel like you earned it cuz you watched the uh, you you googled it or whatever. Right. Your YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Now you're a pro. Like, yeah. yo, get off that. Please. Like just you step, you know, step past that. That's the ones that succeed. You know, don't think you're going to be Instagram famous and all that. Like chill. Like it's not it's not for you. If it's not for you, just jump to something that you feel is for you and go with it. Mm-hmm. Nothing's ever right or wrong, right. you know? Right. Nothing's nah, really ever right or wrong. I could I could relate with that one hundred percent. And I feel like it's like a gift and a curse, I feel like, what you were saying about the access of technology. Cause because of technology now more so than ever, like you could be a music producer or beat maker mm-hmm. and also be an editor of a video mm-hmm. who could also DJ, who could also do graphic design, who could mm-hmm. also rap, right? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of what you see in a lot of the rappers or artists now, right? And it's great, but then again, you're not going to know it as well as somebody who's specializing in just that field. Yep. Mm-hmm. And also, because of the advent of technology, I also feel like the expectations or uh, they want results so fast. Yep. I'll give mm-hmm. you one instance, right? So I got like, I mean, I'm not like an established rap artist or something, right? But I got young shorties from Flushing. Oh, mostly 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 like korean american boys that would hit me up like yo young like i just recorded this song check it right. out yo like what you think yo i need to get some beats and i'm like yo motherfucker like spit over like free beats online why are you mm-hmm. asking me for right. beats like mm-hmm. this shit just don't come free mm-hmm. like i got yeah. years of yeah. work that i put in for like oh, my yeah. homies to like lace me with beats right just don't think like that I'm going to like hand it to you. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And your shit is whack. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Kids need to be told that sometimes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I told them like, yo, man, this, this shit's kind of trash, B. Yeah. You know what I mean? It builds character though. And, like, uh, you know, Eminem just, was not always dope, you know, or like Jay-Z right. was never always dope. Listen yeah. to his early records. He was kind of whack. Yeah. And it's what it is. Right. You develop your craft and you hone that. If, so, you, if you really dedicated for it, you could probably do it. Right. I'm not saying that everybody can be a Jay-Z, but like, you could be a Jay-Z of your accounting firm. 
Yeah. <laughs> you feel me? Like, there's nothing wrong with that. At though. your holiday party. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Oh, wow. Because it's what you're comfortable with, you yeah, know? Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So what was next? Yo, what other <laughs> queries do you have on the, on the Deckington? I love how, yeah. Um, so, a, rap, a rap like <laughs> yeah, references. No. Um, but so how did you guys meet? So Ryan it's no coincidence that Ryan and Sarah is on the show. They're oh. working on this amazing project, listening mm-hmm. party together. Mm-hmm. So can you guys talk about the genesis of that project, how you guys met? Sure. So listening party is yeah. actually me and Peter Oasis. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ryan is CSM. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. all good. Um, how do we meet? We met here, really. Uh, I could bring it back to when oh, wait, Peter Lucy's. used to come and get bubble tea. All the time. Actually, well, did I meet you when during back, construction? Though it was a long time ago when I first met Sarah. Me? This is before, like, before, uh, <laughs> like, way before. Meet cute. Yeah, that was. We were trying to vet. Oh yeah, vendors. yeah, yeah, vendors. Yeah, so, vendors, yeah. so when we were developing the product, not even built yet. Like, yeah. we were just like, damn, who do we need? We need a solid bond. Me, let's go mm-hmm. check out Lucy's, and yeah. you know, it wasn't the right timing. So it's right. you know, it's what it was, so, and that's how I kind of. I think you came in yes. from that and your partner. Yep. Um, and you met Phil probably, mm-hmm, yeah. and, and other Ryan. There's was, another Ryan that started this with me, and and that's why my email is not just Ryan anymore. Not <laughs> but um, <laughs> to get I'm still mad about that. But, um, so that's how I originally met that's Sarah. That's the first time but we met. Yeah, first first time, and then Peter I'd known since the '90s. I you know I grew up DJing. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and Rick Cordero grew up DJing yeah. like Can, underage Peter in the club. I feel like every Filipino dude so, from the tri-state area is like a DJ. Yeah, a graffiti <laughs> artist or dancer. A b-boy a dancer yeah. you know when i was a kid i wanted to be filipino <laughs> like like when i was younger i wanted Don't to be all. filipino man yeah. like i thought filipino dudes were like the coolest dudes you know? <laughs> they were like the most hip-hop asians it's so you know much, I, mean? I mean growing up to the I, I was encompassed in it so it was always around me yeah yeah, yeah but sure. sorry to cut you off but yeah no, so, no, yeah, no. yeah so then so that's how y'all met I, I knew Peter since the 90s and he was just popped into my life again from Canal Street Market, just hanging out here. And I was always just like, yo, you want to do something? I always just like throw it at people I know. Yeah, They're like, mm-hmm. hey, here's a space. That community thing, right? Yeah. Right. goes back to that. I'm like, yo, Pete, you want to use the backspace? I didn't think about this podcast room yet. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is backspace. You want to do a talk? I know you do stuff like that. It's just free, whatever. Mm-hmm. Figure it out. Let's do mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. You know, keeps coming in. Peter's a very quiet a very noble thinker very quiet he'll sit in the space and then come with a million ideas like (laughs) like like a beautiful mind or something probably is going on like all these like things i feel like that's how he works because he's very quiet with it and then he'll just come up with like good ideas Mm -hmm. and that's just the way he's been operating and i don't even know i'm not super tight with him like that that we went to that realm it's just one of those people i just knew new yorker like hey what's up hey what's up and then Mm -hmm. just see the same people and then after a while it's just like you know what i know you do these things um how can we work together on something and then this came around and we were like oh yeah podcast room why not let's try it out i he run i knew i loosely knew that he runs some radio stuff but it wasn't like i was after that you know mm-hmm. i didn't come in like oh i know he can uh, make this mm-hmm. thing uh, a broadcast station we're gonna be hot 97 you know what i mean it's like <laughs> right it's like we're gonna build a community we're gonna do this thing and we're what whatever it comes to it comes to yeah. and you know i get heat from the boss about like yo activate it do this and you know because we want to get it going Shout out um, to the boss. And it's going to happen. It's just like, it's the way we've been doing it. It organically happens kind of. Yeah, and, um, authentically. The Get- list of calendars is color, getting colorful. So mm-hmm. so that's a good thing. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, like you guys are a great contributor. And, and it's great that you guys are down. And it's like someone I've known for a while. And again, it's the same thing in passing, right? right. Like you would see you later in life. Like, like maybe it's God's plan. Maybe that's the way it works, right? That's mm. the way things happen. That's the way it happens to me, at least. 
Right. That's how I got the slash, slash, slash. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I stopped DJing for a while, and my boy's like, yeah, just start spinning again. And Serato came out. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Let's go get back into it. Never lose a skip a beat because it's already in your blood. And it's mm. like, I'm born and raised DJing, and I still do it. And then the film thing is just like things just cards get dealt, and you kind of got to play them, mm-hmm. whether it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I hit my rut, I was like, what the hell do I do? Like, yeah. so what do you do? I didn't know. I sat, what, I, I was really really then? sad. I just was like my I hit my friend like go and he hit me. He's like you should do this. Mm-hmm. Do film. Film. Mm. And here's your opportunity to do it. And I was like nice. what the fuck am I doing? I did a feature like first project out. Like I did like a Taurus Riley video. I remember to this day. I shot it in a in a club that my friend owned. Like it was like that was the kind of cards I could pull though because mm-hmm. I knew people already. Mm-hmm. So as a producer with no budget I would have to pull these like. I have a question tricks. though about your rut. I think that's a really yeah. interesting story and yeah, piece because yeah. we all hit rut. So when you hit your rut, right? Mm-hmm. Would you say that you it's easy for you to reach out and ask for help, or did you wait for somebody to just kind of like throw you something? I, I like emailed my resume, which was like there weird for that's a million. Something. I and would that like, like to see that resume. Yo, that was like I'm talking about oh six fax like kind yeah. of like faxing shit like trying you to sell first resumes? i tried to sell my properties by faxing like <laughs> like sell these properties that were like not they were brand new mind <laughs> you me. they were just not giving loans out for commercial properties mm-hmm. at the time yeah. so that's what fucked me over the banking system just was not letting loans out mm-hmm. so that just you're paying a mortgage for nothing i should have mm-hmm. almost made it for like i have so many ideas after like what i should have done mm-hmm. but whatever you, you like again you get dealt these cards you figure that out whether it's 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 harsh sometimes and mm-hmm. it's really painful when i think about it, it like it hurts mm-hmm, a little mm-hmm. but it's like you know what i'm in a better place now and i'm like and it goes to mental mm-hmm. health right mm-hmm. like when you're like when you're in a rut you kind of like all right so that wasn't a good day but like i did get this out mm-hmm. of that so yeah. when you say when you're in a rut would you say that like you have to reach out to people you have to put yourself out there you got to ask for help or did you do it a different way where you kind of like low-key did on did it by yourself kind of do it on your own but like i was fortunate to have friends and family some people aren't that fortunate right. mm-hmm. i have a lot of good friends mm-hmm. like close yeah. mm-hmm. so that's the big difference that it's like not so easy for everyone right yeah. i had friends that had no and i i have friends that left me that didn't have friends and family that felt terrible like how do you get over your mental issues yeah because if you ditch us all we're all you got because your mom mm-hmm. passed your your dad mm-hmm. passed like, your mm-hmm. dad's non-existent but he's alive which is worse mm-hmm. and i was like that's my perfect example of like man like i wish i could help this friend that i mm-hmm. grew up with yeah right. but mm-hmm. somehow some people mentally just can't do certain mm-hmm. things right um in order to i feel like the hurdle to pass that is like to push to what you really love to do to mm-hmm. get to that step of like your next your next level your next slash mm-hmm. right and it's not going to come overnight is the first thing like uh, but like like you said like you have the tools to get it easier you know at mm-hmm. least try it and see if you like it make it a hobby first that you love and then maybe yeah. it'll come to something yeah. right. mm-hmm. have and you that, ever been in a rut yeah that's why i was so curious because yeah. i feel like the rut right like i've definitely been in a rut um mm-hmm. i've been in many many ruts and it's something that i feel we don't talk about enough right and mm-hmm. so for me when i get into rut like I, I had to learn to really ask for help and to reach out to people because when I'm in a rut, like, I'm prideful. I don't want to tell people I'm in a rut. I don't want to tell people that I'm in a weakened state. So I try to kind of, like, in the past, I try to just kind of, like, low-key figure it out by myself. But over the last, like, few years, I've actually been trying to, like, 
express it more like oh shit like i'm in a rut or mm-hmm. like i'm having a dry season right now or like i'm not getting any shit or nothing's coming i'm not getting any feedback like i need help like do you have me something or do you want to work together like hey can you keep an eye on this like this is what i really want to do can you like let me know right so i think putting that energy out there really produced a lot of results that um that I found really helpful that I've right. never experienced before. So I would definitely encourage folks, like if you're in a rut or if you're confused, you're lost, don't be prideful. Don't be too proud to ask for help or to let people know mm-hmm. that you're in a rut. Let people know where you're at. And of course, don't drain people because no one likes that either. If you're going to let people know where you're at, the next time you talk to them, you better have an update, right? Because no one wants to talk to someone who's in the same depressing mental, emotional state over and over again. Like People have limited capacities for how they can help you and or get professional help if that's really where you're at, right? But in general, you got to, like Ryan said, you got to figure it out. You got to put energy out there. You got to send some resumes out. You got to apply to some shit. You also got to talk to people. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, and I think when you're in a rut, you... Number one, realize who your real friends are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms of not the one who just loves to fund Sarah or to fund Jojo, mm-hmm. not the mm-hmm. ones who loves yeah. the successful hey, part Ryan of you. Ryan could be fun too. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so much nah, fun. I'm a, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Libra too, party. Um, and Jakey. Um, but it's, you realize people who will be there for you when you're on your up, up, up. Mm-hmm. People who will be there for you when you're when you're down. Definitely. And I think number two, you kind of realize what you actually want to do. Yeah. And that if something that used to be an obligation doesn't work out, you're like, why am I even doing this? Right. So I think it really magnifies and challenges you to think about like, okay, what's what actually makes me happy? Because this is not it. Because I'm not. I'm in the right, right now. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know. Right. I mean. My mantra in life, one of my mantras is, uh, yo, closed mouth, don't get fed. Mm-hmm. I'm just shameless, yo. <laughs> That's how I've known you, actually. Yeah, like, I love who's that. this dude? He's so, like, open and, like, when I first met you, like, when you were 18, it was like, you were, I was like, who's this kid, like, just chat? No one, no one did that in you. No one would, like, chat mm-hmm. you up. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, yo, what are you doing? Are you after something? Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. But he was just genuinely just eager Mm-hmm. To yeah. then that's that's what puts you where you are now, right? right? To get that success of being like putting yourself out there. Right. It's not for everyone, right. you know. There's those shy kids. You were not the shy kid, which is like great. I respect that. That's yeah. why I was like, when you had the bad rap, I was like, I support this kid because he's killing it. And he's doing. I gotta support my Asian American filmmakers. Right. All that. Like I am so proud of respect. that. Mm-hmm. And it took a while for me before growing up. I was just like, whatever. Like yo, we we'll get it. We'll do it. We're so confident, right? right? And then mm-hmm. like you're like, wow, there is a big lack. Mm-hmm. Right. of our culture like mm-hmm. yeah that Absolutely. everyone knows and no everyone has an asian friend and mm-hmm. but it's not represented properly right why because it's a conglomerate it's just running it so we got to start mm-hmm. doing ourselves or whatever you know but yeah. that's yep. getting a little bit off topic but yep. um you know when you get in that that rut back to the rut it's like you know like you gotta just push forward somehow because, like, depression is a bitch. Like, I went mm-hmm. through it slightly. You know i don't even know i didn't even know i was in it that was about to well, that was going to be my next question yeah so did you guys, like, looking back in hindsight, do mm-hmm. you feel like, damn, was I mm-hmm. depressed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know. Like, like you know, medically. Same as you with the ADD thing. Like, yeah. It's like, I didn't know. Like, is is that what people feel, like, constantly? Or right. is it the drug game? Like, mm-hmm. people selling you the drugs that you are depressed. Right. It's like, all these commercials that they feed us, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You go to any other country, it's probably, like, not as serious as... They'll like, probably certain, just be, like, toughen yeah, up, you're motherfucker. Bugging, yeah. Like, they like, just, like, mm-hmm. smack you a little like, bit. Like, is that a big right. thing in Russia, right? Yeah. Is there a big drug like, game in Russia where they're just beating the shit out of their kids and they beat the just depression out of them? <laughs> no, it's just, like, it's, it's, a, it's a cultural what? divide sometimes. Yeah. Uh, you think you're, like, so culturally, like 
encompassed, but you're actually brainwashed in certain things. Um, right. Uh, so it's like, goes back to balance, but right. you know, mm -hmm. it's that type of thing. So I don't know, when I was depressed, it was just like, the way I coped with it was again, like just hoping, praying, and then like, it just happened, but mm. not saying that's the solution. It's like, you find your way. It's, mm. there's no real way. I can never say a word that'll help you out of that. It's mm -hmm. more like, yo, just do something that's positive help someone, maybe karma shines, you know, something, mm -hmm. whether it's church, whether it's karma, whether it's something, if you're righteous, I think it's just always good people, good things happen to good people. That's mm -hmm. what I always feel. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the religion I believe in. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I, right. I grew up Christian and all, I still believe in God and mm -hmm. all, but like with that aside that, you know, people always, there's going to be always this, this, this crazy uh, backlash with whatever industry or religion or no one's ever a hundred percent good. Like, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, it's like you gotta just beat it up. Something you gotta like push back mm -hmm. right. to whatever's pushing you down. It's mm -hmm. like, right. You know. Another thing for, about rats, real quick, is that I would share, with, like, to share with folks, is that um, sometimes when I get into a really bad rut where I feel like I'm not getting feedback or opportunities or the gigs that I want, I just try to stop and I try to I stop and I create for joy again, right? Because all my ruts are around like financial ruts right like, oh right. i'm not getting the paycheck i want i'm right. not getting the gigs i want um so when when i get really bad to it i'm like okay let me just try to shift my energy let mm. me just create a project whether it's small or big for fun to have joy again mm. and knowing that there's no money coming from that but i do that to one shift my energy and that usually kind of creates a ripple effect around me mm. yeah, yeah i found yeah. it to be I, pretty zoom out. I, I know like i feel like what you said, some people might say, oh, that's so cliche. Right. Like, that's basically, like, the theme of every, like, music-based drama. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, you see mm -hmm. the artist, like, yo, I'm a superstar, but I'm making these records I don't like to. Mm -hmm. I meet a girl, like, yo, this girl inspired me to make, like, passionate songs, <laughs> and then they get back into their careers, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. As cliche as it sounds, I feel like that's actually true. Right. Like, yeah, if right. you make something that you're passionate about... Right. That energy usually exactly. reciprocates. Exactly, because I would say that, that that project is not about the output or the product per se, but it's about the process. Right. It's about just putting yourself in this new, like, um, this new motion of just generating a different type of energy. And the product might even be shit, right? The outcome or whatever you create might, might be, like, bad or may, maybe it's not polished, mm -hmm. but that's not the point. The point is to put yourself into a different flow. Yeah, mm. it's like the mm -hmm. purpose, too. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think changing your mindset from doing things out of obligation like mm -hmm. i have to do this yeah i have to blah blah to yeah. be like i'm choosing to do this right i'm right. choosing to live this life right mm -hmm. but on a practical level too i mean i when i moved to new york i was so anxious i i didn't even know what anxiety was uh, i was explaining you know you guys i can't really sleep i'm like grinding my teeth like well yeah that's anxiety joe mm -hmm. and i was like what is that yeah i didn't know it was an actual i thought it was just like a feeling like right. but I, it's an actual condition mm -hmm. right and i mean practically i just realized i was not drinking enough water i yeah. was not sleeping water enough water like sleep. seriously sometimes like the yeah. two questions that i ask myself is like did i eat today and did i sleep today mm -hmm. like did i sleep eight hours because sometimes you make so much meaning out of the stress and the meaning out of the pain but it's like sometimes you just need to drink water right. <laughs> or you just need to take care of your body so you i know? have another question right so yes. we're talking about um since you mentioned stress mm. do you kind of enjoy like we're, i wouldn't say you enjoy stress but do you like kind of sometimes use that as fire enjoy being in the eye of the storm or do you feel yourself like Damn, I kind of like mm -hmm. this. I hear, even though I, 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 I would say that 
I personally believe that stress is inevitable in your life, no matter where you're at. Mm. So for me, I'm like, you know what? I'd rather be stressing over crafting my own life and career right now than stressing over another job in someone else's company. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I take it. Mm. Um, and so I don't ever imagine a life without stress or anxiety. I just say that it's for me, it's more worth it to go through this because I know that everything I'm creating and doing is to build my own legacy. Say mm-hmm. word. Mm-hmm. Ryan? Uh, always stressed. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm always stressed too. I know, oh, it's no. but it's more like uh, it's not really stress. It's always like it just goes back to prioritizing of yeah. like and time and timing and and balancing yourself for social like social life, work balance, vacation, whatever you can balance that out somehow. Um, I wish I could speak on a nine to five, like that kid that's in the nine to five intern, like that's getting bitched at his, by his boss mm-hmm. that he doesn't care First about. You in, can't tell him, like, you'll be out and do what you want. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's just not truthful. Mm-hmm. Especially if you have a job that's paying your bills and you're like, you know, I don't do what, uh, I just want to do what I want to do and I'm, I'm going to leave and rap or whatever mm-hmm. it is, right? Um, it's more like, wait, time, your time will come, like learn mm-hmm. grasshopper or whatever you yeah. want to go right. with it, you know, yeah. like, um, and, and, and the stress is going to be there. Yeah. It's always going to be lingering. It's about how you handle it. Mm-hmm. You know. I found my first white hair this morning. <gasps> I have a million. Yeah. I know. Yo, my white hair uh, my, yeah. my white hair population <laughs> is is increasing. Multiply. I mean, I've had some in the past, but this is like a very prominent one like right here in my My part. white hair population <laughs> is like white people moving to Jersey City. Oh my god. <laughs> it's actually astronomical. It's astronomical. Yeah, it's colonization. Okay. I want to can I say something about going what Ryan was saying? Yeah. Um, we've been talking a lot about you know, like your passions, your dreams, ruts. And I kind of want to bring up like the financial piece a little bit for listeners. Cause I feel like that's a very important thing to address in these conversations, like slash, slash, nine to five, whatever, whatever you're doing, if you have a passion, you want to pursue it. It's not as easy. Like Ryan was saying, it's not as easy as like, I want to quit my job and rap. Like you can do that, but y- Nah, nah, I don't think that we need any more rappers. <laughs> no, nah, nah, nah. SoundCloud is full. I want to quit my nah. job and start a, a yeah. clothing company. Like, yeah, whatever yeah. it is, yes, you should follow your passion, but I just want to say everything that we've talked about here, I'm, I'm, I know Ryan's been there, I've been there, it does not go without financial planning. It does not go without being very intentional and smart and strategic about how you're going to support your life. Unless you're a trust fund kid and you have that luxury of just, like, doing shit for fun, mm-hmm. right? Um uh, otherwise, like most people, if you got bills to pay, rent to pay, student loans, car insurance, health insurance, family members, parents, whatever, being financially responsible is very important. I would encourage all the young folks, all the shorties out there mm-hmm. um, listening to, to to also be responsible financially and to also be financially empowered. And I'm also speaking to myself, honestly, I'm not 100% there, but I am learning that you want to follow your dreams, do all this amazing, fun, passion stuff. It does not go without being financially responsible. And you got to be smart about it. You got to plan for it. You got to strategize. Whatever that looks like for you, um, you can't just, unless you're like, again, a, a rich trust fund kid. Yeah. You can't do that without being financially yeah. responsible. So let's not forget about that piece because Absolutely. It, we don't talk about it enough. Yeah. 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 Do the nine to five, do the slash on the side. You know, like. <laughs> yeah. That's the quote. Well, I'm not, that's not me. Yeah. I mean, no, you, I'm saying you like some of them. No, yeah. some yeah. of the ones that are, they're not there yet. Right, the, right, right. I'm speaking to yes. the younger oh, ones yeah. that are not there yet. Yeah. When you're developed in your career, yeah, you can yeah. do a million things. Yeah. Especially if you're like, we'll go back to a Jay-Z. Yeah, 
when you look at those as idols, mm -hmm. they didn't do that overnight. Mm -hmm. They did one craft and then honed it and then became Jay Z sold a lot of drugs yeah. before, before you know what I'm saying? saying. Like, I he, agree. He mastered the art of yeah. drug dealing, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So he could talk so, about it. Well, I agree with that. I think, like, so what Ryan said, do the nine to five and slash on the side. Like, I actually did that as a transition yeah. until I could full time do like all my gigs. But totally. yeah, yeah. It, is, it takes planning. Then yeah. the slash becomes your full. Exactly. And then mm -hmm. you add another thing later after you get kind of bored of it, or that's your one thing. You know, right. you don't mm -hmm. have to do everything. You yeah, know? Uh, it, it could be side projects that you just get to once in a while, you know, like, yeah, and that's 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 what it is. Mm -hmm. And on the flip side, I even know a lot of like really financially successful people mm -hmm. who kind of it's almost a golden handcuff for them. And mm -hmm. that like, am I going to leave my job that makes, you know, this much money and risk this to do this or something mm -hmm. like that. And I think one piece of advice that my auntie gave me was that you have to think in like five-year terms, five-year, mm -hmm. 10 years, instead of looking so short-sightedly mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. like, yeah, like for example, when I moved to New York, that was financially dumb. Like in terms mm -hmm. of like, I could save so much money living at home and I could do all of these things. But then she was like, but in five years, where will you be? Mm -hmm. Versus if you decided to stay here mm -hmm. and be like a big fish in a small pond, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So definitely financial planning, but maybe for the flip side of people who are on the end of feeling kind of trapped because you're financially comfortable, mm -hmm. look at it in terms of five years, right? Mm -hmm. um, but- Can I add off yeah, of that? Yeah, totally. So, for anyone who's listening who may maybe might relate to my path, mm -hmm. I I've I've never done the five year planning. That's not my my wiring. Mm -hmm. But what I did always do because I I really can't see my life beyond six months, maybe twelve months max. Mm -hmm. But what I did always do was I did save money, right? Mm -hmm. So I I worked full time after college for three years, and I lived at home for one year. And then the other two years I lived away. But I was very very adamant about saving money, and I never knew what I was saving my money for. But in my mind I was like, well, I don't really want to work in the future. So how do you not work and make money? Well, it's called passive income. And how do you get passive income? Well, you got to invest. But how do you invest? You need money to invest, right? So I just saved my money as much as I could, right? And then, and I just sat on my savings for a little while until my restaurant opportunity came up. And when the opportunity came up, I was ready and I, I had my savings to do that. Damn, yo, that's mad smart. Just save. Even smart. if you don't know how you're going to spend it, just save money. Because the only way you're going to really make passive income is if you invest. And you can't invest without money, right? Mm -hmm. Right. No, absolutely. No, that's, that's, that's a very good... Money talks. Mm -hmm. The other way is like a sweat equity. If you're really yeah. good at a certain that's thing, true. like that's what opportunity came with the market. Mm -hmm. I run another low-key. I run a, a, the Korean spot. My sweat equity is all and, over uh, the place. I'm sweating everywhere. Sweat. He's a wedding a sweat with that. I'm, just, I'm just sweating everywhere, man. Yeah. OMG. Oh, yeah, we, some, we felt need, that earlier. I need, I need some yeah. tangible wealth. Yeah. Sweat you know equity I mean? is cool too, you're right. Yeah, for folks it's, who don't have the capital. You don't have the capital and you're really eager and you're good. You know, first you have to be capable mm -hmm. and you have to have the time right. for it. Mm -hmm. And so, I feel like that sweat equity or yeah. the uh, quality that to provide that much sweat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you need to put in. <laughs> Can we stop talking about in, like sweat? Nah, but you need to put in a lot of lot of years of oh, work. Yeah. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for you for to sure. produce that much sweat. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? No, totally. Yeah. So going back to listening party. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's do it. Back wait, at it. Uh, wait, so who is Pete for Pete, me, our listeners who don't know who he is? Right. And and I know Sarah you work yeah. are working with him mm -hmm. to create this and mm -hmm. and really ground this at mm -hmm. Canal Street Market. Can you kind of go yeah, back? Yeah, so Ryan was talking about Peter a little bit. Mm -hmm. So Peter is um my co-founder of listening party and a little bit more about him briefly. Pete's background is in like hip hop concert He's another booking. polymath. He's a what? Mm -hmm. He's another yeah, polymath. Yeah, he's a creative polymath, um, but very much more on the business side. He's done a lot of talent buying in the past, um, concert booking. 
who that and currently he's, he's transitioned heavily into live podcast booking and um talent buying for podcasting and peter and i just like a lot of creators in new york we met just in the creative scene and we actually met at this one event um a few years ago at urban outfitters right and so my my whole background is in storytelling and narrative building whether that's creative writing writing for news media journalism filmmaking i'm all about storytelling and shaping narratives and i also have a really strong background in um community organizing activism social justice so for me my passion is largely around media and intersection of media and also representation right and so that's like so what i so when we came together it was originally we were just coming together to talk about projects we could work on collaboratively because he comes in he comes from the business side of um, media. I come from the content creation side, production of media, right? And then it just, our, all of our talks and ideas evolved into um, Listening Party, which is a media agency and production company, which for me, in my personal evolution, I'm really excited about because the last five years in New York, I've been heavily involved in documentary filmmaking and production. And now Listening Party is really my evolution in creating a platform to not just tell my stories and my perspective, but to also create a platform for so many other voices, right? And as we all know here, we're sitting here, um, podcasting is a booming industry. And obviously with um, Listening Party's vision is to enter that space, but also with the priority of making sure that lots of traditionally underrepresented voices in media are at that table. Mm-hmm. Damn, yo. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Clap We're it so up, honored yo. She just like freestyled the press release. Did I? <laughs> wow. Can, we, can, can send me the transcription so I can like put on my website? You know what I mean? That's what's up. That That's was what's totally up. off the top. Send me that transcription. Yeah, no. Nah, I mean, just to add on to what I know about Peter, um, it's like I just know him because... Um, he always has his ear to the streets. Mm-hmm. Like I used to work with this artist named Rex Dizzy. Shout out to my boy Rex. Mm-hmm. Um, and Peter was just like, yo, this this kid is kind of interesting. Like, So he wanted to book him for a show. It was like a pretty big uh, Queens-oriented headline show. Unfortunately, it didn't happen, but um, we just kind of kept in touch. And I did my little Kumon on Peter Oasis. <laughs> um, what does Kumon mean? You don't know Kumon? It's no, a learning like center. No. You know, <laughs> like it's yeah, after yeah. school. I so yeah you, you 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 do your kumon you know you yeah. do your learning he made uh, it into a verb got it but oh, you know man. they always Wait, have that face quick. it's like the most unsure yeah. face yeah. and i'm like this uh, is real quick did marketing. you make up that slang or is that a thing that i don't know nah yeah. it's like it's just, just, just just like me and my boys original? i like that i like that i like that jk always come through with the original terms and slang terminology you know but anyways yeah so i did some kumon on peter and yo he was actually one of the first guys in New York to book uh, Juvenile mm-hmm. in New York City. Like Juvenile, the oh, cash wow. money back that ass up guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he oh, was like, yes. he had his year to like what's happening in the mm-hmm. South way before right. the mm-hmm. South really mm-hmm. got embraced in the East Coast. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. he was always, so that's why when I when I heard like, of course I knew Sarah, but when mm-hmm. I heard Peter was involved, mm-hmm. I was like, yo, my man always has his ear to the streets and he he knows what's going <laughs> to happen. Am I the new Juvenile? You no, know I'm what I'm saying? Yes. So... I was like, all right, this is this sounds like a righteous opportunity, yeah, you know? Yeah. I think what's really cool about um my partnership with, with Pete is that um we're very, very aligned in values, right? Aside from our skills, like he brings in a, a lot in the business side of booking and talent buying and um, management development. I bring in the skills around like all, all the creative content creation and storytelling and narratives. Aside from the different skills we bring to the table, we're very aligned in our values, right? And I think that's one of the things um, that makes a really great partnership for anyone who's thinking about building one of those. Cool. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yo, I feel like 
We out here like overstayed our welcome a little bit. Never. Spilling, spilling, they're, they're, they're clanking. Spilling rums, you know what I mean? <laughs> Eating burritos and you know they're what I mean? Drinking the space, telling us to get the fuck out. All of, all of, the, all of these situations happening around us. Yes. But um, on that note, I just kind of want to ask you guys individually, what are your personal mantras? Mm. Mm. I got it. It's actually something that my mom really drilled into me. It's happy and healthy. Mm. I love that. That's good. Happy and healthy. HH. Mm-hmm. Right. I, like, I always tell everyone is to stay balanced. You know, mm. the Libra. even though it's that Libra, Libra. that talk, it's always about it. balancing stress with work, with timing, with everything. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it, that's the, that comes with experience. Mm-hmm. And and that's just gonna come eventually. I mean. The more you stress and procrastinate, I used to be the worst procrastinator, like projects or tests or anything, and then just yeah. cram. I'm the crammer kind of kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would just bust it down that day before, still get good grades somehow, right? Oh. Um, or I'll just copy the kid that's always get the good <laughs> yeah. grades. Humble brag. Yeah. But that's the that's the way I used to do and operate, and that works for me. And it's always a matter of finding what works for you. So it's yeah. always right. a balance, like, and that's right. that's really what I go by, mm-hmm. like balancing my life out. So very Libra of you. I feel like yeah. um, we also have another question that we always ask. Uh, what is like a significant relationship in your life mm-hmm. that like that you could share with us? It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be like romantic, love, it could be, mm-hmm. but like it could be therapist. anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It could be like, yo, my relationship with the turntable. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want it to be like Q-Bird. You know what I mean? I guess with friends, is it like a group? It doesn't kind of matter. Like, it doesn't have to be people. It, would, it could be, it'd be, it'd be a, like, a physical item. It'd, it'd be the friends, being able to work with friends. Right. So, mm-hmm. so friendship is, is a good thing. Um, getting, gaining new friends and that part of it and being able to work with them is uh, something I've always been around and fortunate of. It was my brother before. It was Rick and then now it's Phil and right. friends. So, it's, mm-hmm. so I've been fortunate for that. Mm-hmm. That's just been always handed. That's the cards I was dealt again. Like, right. mm-hmm. I didn't ask for it. I didn't apply for it. It's just happened. To, that's just the way it worked for me, um, and that's what I'm really like. Mm. That's those, those are the relationships that that made me who I am. Gotcha. So like, never being that trustworthy person, never like backstab, never like I have that rep that you could never say bad things about. And if that's my my reputation, that's like that's my like real goal. And my like, name is my name. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. like doesn't like matter. That scene out of it's the just wire. being reliable and being that person. Like yo, go. Ask Ryan, like he'll. That's a lot of things. You ask Ryan, he knows or whatever. Mm. And that's that happens a lot in my life, and and that's from my friendships, from my you know, mm. whether it's a few months for a year or it's a twenty year relationship. It's always that I'm that fallback guy. Like yo, he'll he got you somehow. Mm-hmm. Somehow I'll try to help you. You know what I mean? Like and that's what I do best. Got you. Yeah. Mm. What about you, that? Sarah? Yeah. Um, I'd say um, a significant relationship right now is with my family because. My little sister just moved from Brooklyn to Rhode Island over the weekend. Oh. And my older sister moved from Brooklyn to San Francisco in January. And oh, why I, they all leave in New York? I, so I know. That's a good question, right? <laughs> um, life, that's why. And my parents are still in Boston. So I feel like, you know, as we're all getting older, my family's kind of spreading out. And even though they're spreading out, I just feel... Um, I, I personally, I'm trying to remind myself it's really important to maintain that family bond because like nothing grounds me, grounds me better than my family and my parents and just being and just remembering the values that we all kind of like um, share together. So that grounds me and that's a relationship that's not physically present in my life in New York right now, but it's very significant to me because it reminds me that I need to stay connected to them. 
Well, thank you guys for coming. Thank I mean, you thank us. you for inviting us thank here. For <laughs> We're actually at your house. Um, anything you guys want to plug? Church announcements for the audience. Mm-hmm. Doesn't okay. necessarily have to be church. It could be a mosque. It could be, it could be a temple. You yes, know we're I mean? we're all it's denominational, <laughs> cross yeah. denominational. Um, well, well. So personally, like, I mean, we have a lot, a lot of cool announcements coming up over the next few months now that fall season's rolling around. Mm-hmm. So I'd say just stay connected with yeah. me yeah. at One Ounce Gold, O N E O U N C E G O L D, spelled out, and also at Listening Party Presents. Just come to Canal Street Market. I'm probably here. <laughs> yeah, make sure you I'm come to Canal here. Street Don't Market. Me if you have, if, I mean, if people have podcast ideas, we're open ears to yeah. that. Yeah. So that's one thing for your listeners. Mm-hmm. To, uh, don't come at me with some whack podcast, though. Because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like, just like Jakey said, you can't always be a fire rapper or, you know. All there that. is a submission form. <laughs> There's a submission process. form. Yeah, man. Don't come through and be like, yo, I need some beats. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have beats. Um, but, yo, with that said, uh, once again, I'd like to thank. Sarah from Listening Party and many, many other ventures, and Ryan from Canal Street Market for having us. It's been another episode of 699 per pound podcast. It's your boy Jakey Cho representing Queens to the fullest. I gotta say that. I have to say that. And JoJo. Representing Kips Bay. Kips Bay. Damn, To the fullest. What the fuck? All right. right. Cool. Um, Yeah, man, once again, 699 per pound podcast. We out of here. Peace. Peace. Boston. Oh. <laughs> Yay. Yay! Thank you guys. Oh my gosh. Great job. How long Thanks was that? Great job. <laughs> hey yo, what's going on, New York City? 699 per pound podcast presents annual, possibly the one and only holiday party this December 8th at Alumni Flushing. The address, you can find out all of that if you use Google and if you're a civilized human being, but it's happening. Holiday party for $6.99 per pound podcast with special features, drinks, music, all types of situations. You get to meet your host, you get to ask us questions, you can mingle, you can see if JK and I actually like you each other. You get to smell Joanne's hair. Oh, she yeah. smells righteous. <laughs> Holiday party, $6.99 per pound podcast at December 8th. Mark your calendar, take notes. This is JK. Signing off at Alumni Flushing on Northern Boulevard. It can't get any more Asian and American in all types of situations than this. You gotta be there to experience it firsthand. Be there and be square. Uh.